Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. I am the hockey editor here at Action. And joining me, as always, my friend, the professional better. You know him on gambling Twitter as so many sports and so many. We're now getting towards the business end of round two. Three series at two to one, one series at three nil. Let's start with that three nil one. That's the bolts. They're up. How about the Tampa Bay Lightning? Tampa Bay. Oh, this is just something else, man. No Braden point. They're up three nothing uh, on the President's Trophy winning Florida Panthers. Uh, and they get to have their first chance of closing out the series on Monday night at home. This is a back to back, the only back to back of the series. Florida's plus 105 right now, Tampa Bay minus 125. The over-under here is six. These two teams played on Saturday afternoon. Uh, this game, it closed pretty close to a pick with Florida slightly favored um, in game three. And it was just more of the same. The, the Panthers, it's almost painful to watch because you feel like you can feel how frustrated they are when you're just watching these games. Offensively, they're making one too many mistakes defensively. Yeah. And you're just sitting there watching like this is, you know that this team is better but they're going up against elite competition every night and they just can't, they can't deal with the fact that the, the lightning basically just sell out to win every battle. Uh, and, and that's just not what you see in the regular season. We talked about it before the playoffs started. It is a different game. It's a cliche, but it's a true one. Uh, and the, the Panthers just are not ready for it. And now they find themselves in a three nothing hole. What are your thoughts on the series so far? And what do you think about the pricing for game four, which as I said, the Bolts minus 125 right now at home. What actually stood out to me um, was after the game with the, with the comments that were coming out of uh, Florida's camp, you had their head coach saying that the other team had more will and more desire to win. That's that's really strange to hear in, in the playoffs like that, um, especially in like the middle of a series. Um, before the series started, we mentioned how this back-to-back was going to be very important since Tampa Bay has a big advantage in goal. There is obviously no question that Vasilevsky starts both games, but it looks like Bobrovsky will go both games as well. At least that's what uh, Brunette says. So you take that with a grain of salt. So this could be a really tough uh, recovery here for the for the Panthers in game four. You nailed it. Uh, playoff hockey is a different game. It's all about matchups and breaks. The Panthers are learning... They're learning the playoff lesson that countless teams before them have learned. It's it's just a different game. This was a bad matchup for the Panthers, and they didn't want to or were unable to make the adjustments that they needed after the Capital Series. They found a way to win that series, but as we've alluded to how many times now, the Lightning can do everything the Capitals tried to do. I don't even think Florida has played poorly for the most part, five on five, but they've run into the best goaltender on the planet and the special teams have uh, proven to be a big disadvantage for them. Let's just say that um, for game four. So the lightning were dogs in game three um, and not surprisingly, they be, they will become a pretty decent sized favorite for game four um, going for the sweep at home. Even though Brunette is saying that Bob probably goes, I wouldn't be surprised to see Spencer Knight um, at this point. I don't see any reason why, 
you don't get your future starting goaltender um, another playoff game under his belt. Um, I think we're lined fairly for now on this side. I would like Tampa Bay to be a little cheaper, um, but I would also be um, interested in the over here as well um, if we're going to be staying at the six. Um, and if that six gets a little cheaper, I think that that I will come in on the over. Yeah, I think if he goes with Knight, I like the Panthers more mm-hmm. than I would if, if he goes with Bobrovsky. And I wonder if the market will reflect that. It's kind of like one of those situations in a game where your team goes down 3 nothing. It might not be the goalie's fault. Yeah. But you pull them just to, to kind of just do something to send a jolt, to, uh, you know, down the spine of your team because uh, the Panthers need one. Uh, their top yeah. guys aren't performing. Like you said, they're not playing terribly five on five, but they're making one too many mistakes. And that mistake ends up in the back of their net every time. And and we, we talked all season long how the Panthers, they can outscore those mistakes when they're playing a team like the Sabres, when they're playing a team like the Blue Jackets. But when you're playing the best playoff team we've seen in a long time, they're not going to be making the mistakes. They know how to kind of navigate certain parts of the game, how not to let up a goal with one second left in the third period, for example, right? Like the lightning are incredibly tough nut to crack in these situations and you can outplay them and still lose. I mean, the, the Maple Leafs found that lesson out the hard way. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's just a strange situation here for, for betters because this number has just slowly moved towards the lightning with, with every game. And it's just hard to argue with it because it's it's you want to buy back against overreaction all the time. But at the same, you know, in this series, like what what is pu- pushing you to to bet the the Panthers as as a small underdog? Yeah, and 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 like speaking on Knight as well, like credit to him, he's turned his season around. He had a good ending to the year, so now you have to ask yourself the question: If you're the Panthers, that do you want to lose this series with Bobrovsky back to back, or do you want to lose it with? with your goaltender who's going to be playing a lot of playoff games for you, hopefully in the future. So for me, it's a no brainer, but, um, and in, and in terms of how, how, how the market will react, um, if past indication um, stays true, then money will come in on the over pretty quickly. Um, as soon as uh, uh, Spencer Knight's announced. All right. That's uh Panthers at both. That's the early game on Monday, May 23rd. Like I said, that series is three nil towards uh, in favor of the Bolts. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche, they're up to one after a pretty crazy game. Uh, three in St. Louis, which saw Nas Kadri uh, run Jordan Bennington out of the series. Uh, it looks like he's going to be done at least for tomorrow and, and for, for quite some time. The Avalanche also lost Samuel Gerrard, a great puck moving defenseman who's, yeah. you know, you, you you think about the way that the Avalanche want to play. They want to play up-tempo speed, and they want to make a crisp first pass. Uh, that's Gerard's game in a nutshell. He's a big he's a big loss. So Colorado's minus 165 for uh, game four, looking to take a 3-1 lead. The Blues plus 145. This game closed minus 166 for the Avalanche in uh, game three, and the over-under for, for game four is uh, six and a half. So I've been looking towards the Blues in this series. I felt a little hard done by uh, in game three because of the Bennington situation. Uh, you know, the blues got out to a lead. They, they fought back in the game. Philly Huso was all a little out of sorts. And uh, I mean, I don't even want to get into the empty net goal uh, <laughs> or not empty net goal that they gave up, but I mean, Huso, it's an interesting situation because he was the better goalie compared to Bennington over the regular season. In fact, he was one of the best goalies in the league, you know, for, for stretches. Um, so it's not like his game. This is, this isn't Louis Domingue. This isn't, you know, David Riddick coming in for, for someone, but the level that Bennington was playing at, 
it's really going to be really, really hard for Huso to get there. It's going to be really hard for any goalie to get to that level. And that's how the Blues were kind of hanging with the Avalanche in, in game one. And, and then it played a big role in game two, obviously, Bennington's play. So a big loss there. I'm expecting this number to move towards Colorado. I might be wrong. Just looking at where it closed for, for game three and then you factor in the goalie situation. So I'll probably be looking towards St. Louis. Can't quit them. But uh, I'll wait for that number to move as we get closer. Um, can we really talk about the playoffs until we talk about something Nazem Kadri did? Yeah, right. uh, although in this case, I mean... Uh, he beat Chris I, Kreider. You sh- it's, it's always a race between him and Chris Kreider to, to yeah, take a goalie it? out. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I, I thought that a hot Jordan Bennington could cause a lot of problems for the Avalanche. Um, I have touched on this previously, but I do have Willy Husso trending um, trending downward significantly now. Um, and it's been like that for a while. And we're seeing that we saw that in the Minnesota series where we saw that with a couple of games during the end of the season. So like you mentioned, it's not so much the drop off in the quality of the goaltender, but more so in the way that they've been playing. So it's the form that we're going to see the drop off on. And I don't see a me getting involved in the side here at, at all. Um, I think it's pretty fair. Um, I would lean towards the Blues, like you mentioned, um, if there's more money that comes in with, on Colorado, which I I think it probably will as well. Um, but I'm more interested in the in the total here. I think that if we see a little bit of a dip and if I'm able to get a flat six and a half, um, that's, that's the way that I'd be looking on the over in this game. And that's just because I think that I'm not sure the market will capture quickly enough um the drop off in form from Huso to Bennington. Another thing to keep in mind with with the total too is and this is you know it's, it's a hypothesis of mine and it's 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 a narrative based situation but um I feel like a, a, after a game like that where you just had your goalie run by a player with a reputation the next game it's going to be like a yard sale. There's going to be equipment all over the ice. There's going to be probably a lot of penalties and the rest will probably want to nip it in the bud pretty early. Yeah. And that establishes how the game's going to be called. And all of a sudden it turns into a special teams game, which helps with uh, a play on the over. So another thing to keep in mind in that one, as I am expecting a, you know, it to get pretty ornery uh, in St. Louis on Monday night. Uh, let's go to Tuesday now, though. This game could get ornery, too, considering where how it ended with Jared Gallant screaming at Tony D'Angelo. Apparently he was yelling at him all game. The Rangers and the Hurricanes. The Rangers took game three to cut the series lead for Carolina to two to one. Carolina's minus 320 uh, to win the series, still Rangers plus 250. For game four, Carolina uh, minus 105, the Rangers minus 115, the over-under at five and a half, under, under, under so far in the series. So probably see a pretty heavily juiced under uh, on this five and a half. The game three line closed uh, as basically a pick uh, I think you and I will probably be on the same page here. The Hurricanes are starting to you know, since they had a really bad first 40 minutes of the series, the the first two periods of game one, they did not deserve to be close to the Rangers. They ended up stealing that win and then played a much better game two. It was very defensive chess match kind of game. And then game three at the garden, the Hurricanes were the better team. Igor Shesterkin was really good. Antti Ranta played really well too, but Shesterkin was the difference. He, he played well enough to allow the Rangers the runway needed to capitalize on a power play and, and, uh, and a, fluke play where D'Angelo's stick went flying in the air. So it's hard to argue against this price you're getting on Carolina, considering they've been the better team for the, now the majority of the uh, series. And when you look at what the Rangers were dealing with, they were down 0-2 in the series. They were coming home 
and that was the effort they gave, all of a sudden you're thinking if that's their best punch, Carolina showed they could take it. So they do seem the more likely winner uh, if that game plays out over and over again. And I don't really think it's going to play that much differently as these games continue uh, in the series. I think you've nailed it. Um, the Rangers won this game in the most Rangers-like fashion imaginable, right? <laughs> they, um, Igor was outstanding. Defense was good enough. And they got a power play goal. And then they nursed it home. Um, if I'm Carolina, I'm not worrying right now. Um, they played their game. They probably deserved a, a better fate. Um, Rangers closed as a favorite, which was expected considering they were they were 0-2 playing at home. But the thing is, in game four, we're not going to see them close as a favorite, though. So um, I will be on Carolina here. Um, I think that we should be able to get them as a short favorite. But this is one of those games where if you like Carolina, you're going to want to move very quickly because, like you mentioned, if this was the Rangers' best shot down 0-2 at home, I think that uh, Carolina would be the right side in game four. So let's just say that uh, that number should move uh, pretty quickly. I'm with you. It's going to, it's, it's just been, it's been very frustrating betting these Ranger games all season. And it's been very frustrating in the playoffs as well, because they, you said it, right. They keep following such a, a familiar script where Igor keeps them in a game or the other goalie that they're playing against in Louis Domingue's case kind of sinks his own team's um, chances. Right. And, and they just end up, being they're opportunistic because they have good players. Like, like they have, you know, Mika's it's really Mika's advantage at Igor Shesterkin and like Adam Fox against the Hurricanes right now. And they're down 2 one. And so you got to tip your cap to those players for sure. Um, but that's just not a repeatable path to success. And, and you hope that you know, if you are betting the Hurricanes that that, that shows um, on uh, Tuesday night at the Garden. Uh, and like I said, it should be another game where tempers could flare. Uh, Jory Gallant had some some not so nice things to say about uh, Tony D'Angelo and some of the Hurricanes players. Uh, so we'll see how that bubbles over uh, as we get closer to Tuesday. We'll strip to the Battle of Alberta. That's where we'll finish the show. Calgary just lost to the Oilers in game three. So Edmonton up 2-1 here after winning two in a row. Uh, the Oilers now minus 180 to advance. Calgary plus 155. The line for game four is Flames minus 105 at Oilers minus 115. Six and a half is where the total sitting. This game also closed pretty close to a pick so we're not too far off from where we were for game three. Man, uh, Connor McDavid is just, he's in this type of form where I keep wanting to bet the Flames and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just not even going to bother right now because <laughs> he's, he, you just, he, you know, he's good for two points. Yeah. And with the way Vander Kane's playing, he's got a, a, a running mate where he, he Kane is taking pressure off of Leon Dreisaitl, who, by the way, isn't doesn't look hurt anymore all of a sudden. So the Oilers, I think Jay Woodcroft, the coach, put it perfectly. They're playing a very simple but fast game, and the Flames don't have an answer for it right now. Uh, so I would lean towards Calgary as an underdog, but it's it's really tough to get there considering what McDavid's doing. You might as well just you know bet. McDavid's anytime goal scorer or over points and square out like that. Man, I love this Oilers team. Um, <laughs> you know, every year there's like, there's usually one or two teams that, that I identify and I just keep riding them as long as, as long as possible. Um, the Oilers are that team right now. Um, what has stood out to me the last couple of games now is um, the Oilers team speed 
and um, how much the Flames are missing Tanev. Um, we know about him well in Vancouver, and it still rattles me how he was treated here before ultimately signing with the Flames. The minutes he eats up um, is nothing flashy, but it's so important with the right matchups. Um, the big concern I have uh, for the Flames right now is the amount of hockey that Markstrom has played this season. Um, I do wonder if that's starting to catch up to him a bit. He was good in the first period, but that defense is also not doing him any favors right now. The Oilers closed uh, game three at 50% win probability, which is where I had it for this game and the reason we went on plus money. I would expect Calgary to take money in game four because they'll respond and will be desperate and all that garbage. The Flames will play better because they're a good team, but we'll see how far this number goes and let's see if we can uh, try to pick off the Oilers as a small favorite or maybe even a dog. Let's see. But... I love our Oilers. Um, it's no surprise that I'm looking to bet them every game, and I'll be I'll be on them again. A couple of things too. Just Mike Smith uh, after yeah. both for both series, game, his game one against Los Angeles, he wasn't bad, but he made the mistake that mm-hmm. led to the game winning goal. And then game one of this series too, uh, he was pulled. He wasn't good at all. Uh, and and now he's back to being the you know Ken Dryden. Um, and like you said, Markstrom, he, he does look tired. And, and this has his rep, been his reputation um, yes. as a goalie, right? Like he, he'll he'll play 60 games in a regular season, which is uh, just way too much. And when he's tired, he starts to really just lose his form pretty quickly. And, and it takes a while for him to get it back. And like you said, the, the, the Flames defensive game has sort of abandoned them. And and, and I think it is the, the speed of the Oilers. that's killing them. The, the Flames are like a team that likes to put the puck behind. Uh, the defense and get to work, right? They're big, they're physical, good forechecking team, very Daryl Sutter uh, team. You can see, you can almost see like Dwight King and Jordan Nolan, like crashing on guys like, like, like he had for the Kings a decade ago. Um, it, it looks the exact same. And the way to beat that is just to move the puck quickly. And when you have Connor McDavid as an automatic outlet, you know, he's, he's going to be able to exit and enter zones without a problem. And that, that breaks up that rhythm. So similar to what we were talking about with the Panthers and bolts, it's, it's a, pretty tough matchup for the flames right now you'll be on the oilers i'll likely probably be on the flames here um but yeah that's okay and that's how we'll end it right uh another episode of line change is in the books for uh, so many sports i'm michael lebop good luck with your bets for game fours and we will see you on wednesday morning <laughs>